Nyata, hello. It's Alison here, and I'm the pastor at Sanctuary. We're based on Peak Warren Country in Warrnambool. Today, I'm reflecting on an episode from the story of our beginnings. When our ancestor Abraham was called to a new country, it was before he was called Abraham. And you can find the story in Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 through 9. And then I'll also refer to Genesis chapter 13 and 14. So leave your country and your kin and your ancestral home, you poverty-stricken Cornish folk, for a land which I will show you. It's the colony of South Australia, and it needs people like you to chop down trees and set out farms and work the mines and subdue the earth. It'll be tough, but I will bless you, for you'll find a bit of gold and plenty of land for the taking. And you'll build stone houses and plant vegetable gardens and raise children into adulthood. In the wide open spaces, dry mines, warm sun, you'll escape the ravages of dysentery and typhoid. And if you don't have your own servants, there's always the people of the land. And you'll be a blessing to those peoples. You'll take the Bible and hymns and good Methodist preaching and you'll convert the heathen. You'll make them speak English so they will fear God. You'll teach them not to murder or steal, nor to covet what belongs to another. You'll teach them respect. You'll take young boys and girls into your own households and raise them properly, showing them right from wrong. You'll teach them how to worship, how to farm, how to dress, how to eat, and how to live civilised, cultured lives. And when they run away from your good ministrations, you will discipline them in God's name. At least that's the story I grew up with. It's a story which explains why I'm here. Like Abraham, my family travelled to a new country. It's a story of blessings received for my family, newfound health and wealth and opportunity. And it's a story which justifies colonisation by claiming that colonisers bring only blessing. My ancestors were ministers and miners and fifth sons and government clerks, and almost all of them were staunch members of the church. If they were like most colonisers, then they probably believed that this was a godless place. They probably believed that it was their Christian duty to convert people, and they almost certainly believed that this meant obedience to empire and the white man and his subduing of the earth and the law of private property. Whether they perceived the irony of preaching the Ten Commandments at people who had seen their own men murdered, their land, women and children coveted and stolen, and their elders disrespected and far, far worse, I really cannot say. But what I can do is named the truth of my origins and its entanglement with the stories of Genesis. And what I can also do is to notice a couple of things about the Abram story, which are suggestive for colonisers in this place. The first thing I notice is that all peoples will be blessed through Abram. It's a jarring claim when I think about my own family's presence in this land. Whatever their intentions, it's hard to pretend that my family was a blessing. 
simply by bringing their diseases, their mining tools, their farming methods, their breeding habits, and a faith intertwined with empire caused enormous, if unacknowledged, harm. More specific harms I had to dig to find. The ancestor who was mayor of Borough, who dispassionately observed the almost complete disappearance of the people of the land, but who made no further comment. The rumour that a sideways member of the family was involved in a massacre. The farming methods, which within a few years led to erosion and floods and species loss on an ancestor's property. Or the unnamed and possibly unwaged Aboriginal girl who worked in one ancestor's home. These little snippets are all part of my heritage and they're not a blessing at all. And the second thing I notice in the Abraham story is that God will bless Abraham, but that the blessing itself comes a bit later. He comes, in fact, through Melchizedek, a priest of the Canaanite creator ancestor El Elyon. To put it in context, Abraham's nephew Lot was seized in an intertribal war, along with his possessions and those of many others. So Abraham worked with local allies to recover Lot along with all of the plunder. Now when he returned, two of the allied kings met with him. One served him bread and wine and blessed him and received a tithe of the plunder. And the other received the rest of the plunder through treaty. Abraham said to him, I have sworn to Yahweh and El Elyon, creator of sky and land, this solemn oath, that I'll take nothing from you. Nobody can say, I have made Abram rich. I'll take nothing except the share due to the men who went with me to recover Lot and the plunder. End quote. So God's blessing came through an indigenous elder, a Canaanite priest, who stood in a different spiritual tradition. And it was given in the name of the indigenous creator ancestor of that place, El Elyon. Abraham responded not by forcing Melchizedek to convert, nor by dismissing him as a pagan, but by accepting the blessing and then giving him 10% of the recovered goods. Abraham then swore an oath in the name of both Yahweh and El Elyon, promising to hand over the rest of the plunder and to take nothing beyond a fair share for his men. So let's hear that again. Abraham offered himself and his people as allies. He was blessed in the name of a creator ancestor. In this creator ancestor, he recognized his own God and acknowledged this. He handed over goods and possessions to indigenous leaders. And he promised to take nothing beyond a negotiated fair share. It's the antithesis of how most colonisers act, and the antithesis of how my own ancestors acted. Now, of course, the Abram story is not uncomplicated. There are things that I hate, and there are times when Abram does things which are appalling. Even so, this little story suggests a spaciousness to me. In this time of voice and treaty, it shows that Christian colonisers can do better. The way I think of it, our ancestors claim the promises of Abraham and yet seize the land using the genocidal tactics of Joshua. 
and these tactics continue today. Mass incarceration of Aboriginal folk. Record levels of deaths in custody. Secretive race-based reporting on pregnant Aboriginal women. Continuing mass removal of Aboriginal children. And so on. And yet Joshua is not the ancestor of our faith. Abraham is. And those of us who are colonisers could claim our identity as children of Abraham. And using this story as a model, we could work towards a more just coexistence with the people of the land. Like Abraham, we could offer ourselves and our people as allies in the struggle to take back what has been stolen. We could learn from Indigenous elders and come to recognise our God in the Creator ancestors and spirit of this land. We could hand over a share of our goods and possessions to Indigenous-led organisations. We could make restitution for historic injustice. We could support voice and treaty and take nothing beyond a just settlement. None of us can change our history, but we can engage with people and organisations and processes which work towards these ends. And if we do these things, then like Abraham, perhaps we might know new and surprising blessings. And perhaps like Abraham, we might gradually become a blessing ourselves to the peoples and families of this land. May justice be done. May love be shown. Amen. There's always more to read on our website, that's sanctuarybaptist.org. And this week you'll find a slow reading opportunity on the nature of the church. Sanctuary is funded entirely by members and supporters. And if you'd like to support this work and these reflections, you can always make a donation via PayPal and you'll find the details for this on the website. And to those who support us already, thank you. But if you can't, just don't. Just keep listening and receiving the stories and the ideas flowing through us. This reflection was prepared on the lands of the Pequoring people of the Eastern Ma Nation, a land which was taken by force and has never been ceded. This week, swarms of kuyung, that is, elvers or baby eels, continue to feed in the lower reaches of the Merai. The peace of the land, waterways and skyways be with us all. Amen.